Welcome to Monday through Friday Cellular Agriculture for a Pandemic-Free Future. My name is George Ortega. This is episode number 17. It is July 29th, 2020 at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard. I want to address the morality again. Try to um, try to find the right words, the right manner. We um, we believe those of us who believe in God or higher power that what we do and don't do have consequences. We're, we're judged for our actions, for our thoughts. And, um, and so we need, to, we need to really be very honest with ourselves about, about what we're all doing. It's not just some of us. I mean, it's almost all of us. You know, this, this complicity, this, this taking part in, in an institution, this, this farming of animals, the factory farming especially, that is so cruel, so beyond cruel. Um, and, uh, and because we believe in God, we understand that, um, that what we're going through now, the coronavirus, COVID-19, is probably, very probably, our punishment for, um, for our callousness, for our cruelty, for our indifference for our greed in order to, um, to save some money, to buy our, our meat and dairy and egg products at a less expensive price. We, um, we pay people to, uh, to abuse and torture 70, more than 70 billion animals every year. And, um, and we need to face this. Um, how, how do we not understand this? It's, uh, we choose to not think about it, right? We, uh, we turn away, we think of anything else, everything else, we don't talk about it. Uh, we keep it from our sight. And, uh, but how does that address God's commandments that we be kind to animals, that we not be cruel to animals? Do we really believe that if, if, if we 
pretend that our actions are blameless or justified or understandable, that, um, that such horrible actions, however much indirectly, will not be punished. I mean, we've all done wrong, and we've all been punished for our wrong, and we have an understanding of that. We have a memory of that. For ourselves, for people we know, we understand that the world, to a certain extent, revolves around our actions and their reward or punishment. So we also understand that, that we're not judged simply individually, we're judged as a people sometimes, as, a, as an entire world. Um, so, uh, so let's, let's try to, to face what we're doing, what we've done from a different perspective. If you're like most of us, um, most people, you believe that, that, that you, that we are doing this, this great evil of, of really abusing these animals of a free will, that it's really up to us. We've decided to do this and we've simply just um, set aside, cast aside reason and compassion and it is us, nothing has forced us to do this. And, and if, if, if that's your belief, if that's your understanding of how reality works, then you're, you're turning away from this great evil makes complete sense. Because by, by seeing it for what it is, you'd be seeing that you and your family and your friends and pretty much everyone you know, the vast majority of the world are doing something horribly of a free will. And, and, uh, and naturally that, um, that doesn't reflect well on, on who we are, on the kind of people we are. So as a way to help you face what you're doing, I wanna to present to you this, um, this idea, this perspective that fortunately, in a certain sense for us, We don't have a free will. What we do has been fated to do, has actually been compelled by God. God's will is the only will. God created the world. What did God create the world from? God created the world from God, because there was nothing from which to create the world but God. And so God is not just the creator, God is everything. And if God is everything, God is also all-powerful. This, um, this is God's world. Everything that happens is God's will. We are part of God. We're not the part of God that decides what it, anything, really. But we are a part of God. And... Uh, 
and yeah, it's, it's difficult to understand why God would compel us to, um, to abuse these animals and then punish us for doing so. I, I don't pretend to understand that, why God does that. I suppose I, I take refuge in, in the understanding that relative to God, um, I don't have the intelligence or information to be able to, um, to understand why God does. And, and this applies to all of us who, who can really understand why God does what God does. So, but when you, when you, when you see your life and the world from that perspective, that it's really God's world and God's will, then all of a sudden you can look at what we're doing and not need to deny it, not need to hide from it, because, because you're not holding yourself fundamentally, personally accountable. You're, you're acknowledging, yes, that the, the, the evil is going through you in the sense that you pay people to abuse and torture these animals, so you're, you're certainly a, an, an agent in, in, in what causes that suffering. But it's, in, it's very important to, to appreciate that you're not a free agent in this. You're, you're, you're basically, again, being compelled by God. And, um, and to the extent you understand that, then you can better face what so many people are doing when they buy and eat meat and dairy and eggs. You can face it for what it is, for the, uh, for the evil that it is. Don't own it, but also understand, you know, remember that even though it's not our fault fundamentally, even though we don't have the free will to decide whether we do that or not, we are held accountable. You know, we're, we're, we're rewarded when we do good, we're punished when we do bad, and, and this is like beyond bad. All right, I wanna, I wanna present this, um, this message that, that what we do isn't up to us from, from the position of authority. You know, generally, we tend to believe those of us who have higher abilities in certain ways. Um, we tend to believe people that have more ex experience, more learning, perhaps greater intelligence. And so if we shift from, from religion, from religious thought and belief to a more scientific um, perspective, we, we find something. Um, there, there are four scientists in our world, modern scientists, that are in a class of their own. There's every other scientist, and then these, there are these four. And um, the four are Isaac Newton, who almost single-handedly invented classical physics, the physics that, that came into uh, being in the 
late 1500s, I believe. Uh, and uh, it's still the dominant physics of our world. And uh, the second great scientist is Charles Darwin, who, um, who showed us that, that uh, we evolved from other life forms over the course of millions of years. And uh, taught us something very important about who we are in that way. Taught us that those animals that we are abusing and we are not as distant as, as uh, we may appear. And the third great scientist is uh, Sigmund Freud, who, um, who got us to appreciate the importance of this human unconscious, this part of our mind that's working in every decision we, we make, that's, um, that holds all our thoughts, all, all our memories, or you know, everything we've ever seen and felt, it, it, it stores it and it processes it. And it doesn't, it doesn't inform us to how it does it or why. Um, but that's actually very important um, understanding to knowing that we don't have a free will, this, this unconscious that, uh, that most people will recognize at least takes part in every one of our decisions. But think about it, if, if it takes part in a decision and we're not conscious of it, then certainly decision cannot be consciously made or freely made. It's made in part by the, uh, by the unconscious, but it goes beyond that. I mean, really, I'm not gonna get into it right now, but essentially our entire mind is the unconscious. Basically, consciousness is what at, every, at any given moment our unconscious chooses to focus on, chooses to highlight. And the last great scientist, um, Albert Einstein. Um, and, uh, right, so what would these four, and Einstein, you know, he, he, he had a bit more help than, than Newton in, in formulating quantum physics, but Einstein really was a pioneer in quantum physics, the, the, the more modern physics of subatomic particles. And, um, and you know, one doesn't have to, um, have to say much to, um, to express the greatness, greatness of his work and, and how much it's been appreciated. I mentioned these four giants in science who really soar above everyone else. Um, to reveal to you that they all refuted the notion of the human free will. They all agreed and understood that we do not have a free will. Newton, he understood it because he understood that everything has a cause. And if all, all of our decisions have a cause, and there's a cause to the cause of our decisions, and there's this causal regression that, um, 
that goes back to before we were born, before the planet was created. It's easy to see that that renders free will impossible. It's like <clears throat> our reality is like a movie unfolding. It has been set in stone by God. And then Darwin refuted free will because he understood completely that our human behavior is 100% determined by either our genetics or our environment, nature or nurture. And we either do and think and say and decide as we do because of how we, um, how we came to be, our biology, or you know, how we were born, our genes, chromosomes, you know, our biology, or, um, or what we've experienced, what we've learned, you know, our experience in the world. And, uh, and if, if our genetics, our heredity, and our environment are um, determining what we do. Clearly, there's no free will in that. You know, we don't freely choose the experiences we experience. We find ourselves in a certain place. Someone says something to us, we open up a book, we don't know what we're going to read, but we get information, we watch the television, it's the same thing. <clears throat> we're not choosing this information. So they, they he, um, yeah, Darwin understood that, um, that our biology, or, you know, how we are as human beings, makes free will impossible. And, and Freud, with um, with his um, with his unconscious, um, you, you you need to appreciate the significance of these four giants in science coming from three different fields: physics, biology, and psychology refuting this notion of free will. And then um, all the other scientists, not all of them, percentage, uh, some of them, some philosophers, uh, they, they don't understand it. So, you know, who would you believe? <laughs> who, who are you gonna put your, your, your confidence and faith in? We're going through something like this with this COVID-19. You know, Trump chose to not believe the epidemiologists, the scientists, and tens of thousands of people have died because of his disbelief, distrust of science. So we need to understand that um, not only do we not have a free will because God is all powerful and everything and all knowing and the creator, 
we don't have a free will also because uh, because our biology doesn't allow it, because the laws of physics don't allow it, because our psychology doesn't allow it. And to the extent we, we face this truth, then we may be better able to, to face this, this truth, this, I suppose, far more vital truth now about uh, our implication, our... Um, Our complicity in in this abuse of, of, of so many animals every year. So, um, so it's important, you know. If if you if, if you want to address this morally, if you want to have the the uh, the wherewithal to address this morally, you know, if you believe in free will, you're going to be blaming yourself and your family and everyone else. And that misattribution, that mistaken perception of how reality works will not allow you to, um, to face your evil because you'd be owning it. It's like, you know, it's too personal. Once you, um, once you absolve yourself, not of, not of consequences, because we are being punished for, for abusing these animals, but but a fundamental responsibility. You know, once we understand that, yes, we're doing this, but it really wasn't our fault. In other words, like, apply this to everything. If you had a free will, would you really do so much of the bad that you do, the, the, the wrong, um, overeating, overdrinking? you know, mistreating people, having, you know, unkind thoughts about people. We do these things. And, uh, and if any of us, most of us, um, probably any of us, if we really thought about it, were asked, you know, well, if, if you had the ability to just always do right and never do wrong, wouldn't... Um, wouldn't that be wonderful? And yes, people would say, yes, it would. But that, that's a perfect um, understanding of, of why we don't have a free will. If we can't do the good we want to do, when we want to do it, to the extent we want to do it, how can we say we have a free will? Okay, we've got about five minutes left. So again, that's, you know, this, this digression into the, the topic of free will is, um, is important, but it's not the point. The point is that, you know, whether we have, whether you believe we have a free will or not, um, you understand that we're rewarded and punished for what we do and don't do. And while we can always only ever guess at this, um, it seems pretty convincing that, that if we're abusing horribly over 70 billion animals each year, that um, a disease that comes from animals, that's transmitted to human beings by animals, and uh, causes us to suffer and die, 
if you understand that that might be a fitting punishment, that God might choose that way to get us to uh, pay attention, to get us to, uh, to look at what we're doing. All right, so, um, you know, if you haven't been watching this series, you're, you may be thinking that I'm asking you to just become vegan, to just not eat any meat, eggs, dairy at all. Unfortunately, I'm not asking you that. There's a, you know, I'm kind of like promoting a new industry that, that originated in 2013 that allows us to grow as much meat and dairy and eggs as we want in a way that harms absolutely no animals and thereby redeem ourselves from, uh, from um, our evil in, in, in farming and e eating animals and, uh, and redeem ourselves to the point that, that God is satisfied and he lifts this coronavirus from us and then he protects us from, uh, he wills that because we're no longer abusing animals, we will no longer be plagued by uh, viruses and bacteria and these, these pandemic contagious diseases. We have to, um, I think some of us have to acknowledge how wrong it is, what we're doing and, and acknowledge that yes, we are being punished for then this, this, this option of, of, of being able to grow these products in, in, in sterile lab conditions that don't create the conditions that, uh, that create epidemics. Um, then, you can, then you can understand that um, we need to fund this industry. Um, I've, I've gone about it in other shows. Um, it's not, you know, essentially, basically, we're spending about a billion dollars on this industry, you know, um, and we should be spending about 50 billion. That's, that's the message behind that. 50 billion is about one half of 1% one of we're, what we expect to spend on this COVID-19. So that's, we're being, those of you, you know, those, those of you who are vegan aren't complicit in this. I've been a vegan for 15 years. There's about one, 2% of the American population that's like this. But the rest of you, you know, understand the evil you're doing. Understand that it's not your fault. Understand, though, that you're being punished, notwithstanding it's not your fault. And understand that the best way to redeem yourself, to redeem our world, is to um, demand the, the, the funding of this research needed to, to get this new technology to, to have us have these products and markets and, and thereby um, appease God and uh, earn his, God's forgiveness and, um, and help create a better world um, thereby. All right, I will... Um, I'll see you tomorrow.